Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Anthony Wright. Hello. Anthony, welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Glad to be back. Welcome back. I know. You've been out here before. I have. Uh, for those, for the very few uh, at Liberty who just need a reminder of who you are mm-hmm. and what you're doing here, Yeah. introduce yourself one more time. Sounds good. So you I'm, need no introduction, but I'm going to force you to introduce yourself. That's fine. You okay. know, I enjoy it. So I'm Anthony, uh, married to Jenna, who was also a resident here at Liberty, but I am the pastoral resident at Liberty Church. So Greg is... Greg Abachian, also B-Sides fame. Yes. He's a church planning resident. Yep. I'm a pastoral resident. Yep. Jen is a ministry resident. There we go. So that's a trifecta. That's the trinity of residents. It is, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, we're excited that you're here today. You preached yesterday, uh, and you've preached uh, three times now, four times, uh, three times? I think three, yeah. Three times at Liberty. Uh, excited to always have, have you uh, teaching from the pulpit. Um, as part of your residency, that's an opportunity that you, you, you have to do. Um, and yesterday continued our sermon series in First John mm-hmm. and starting chapter five. Yeah. So First John chapter five, the first five verses of that chapter, and so we're just going to debrief that today. No questions came in. That's um, bummer. Bummer. Okay. No questions. So the people, what I'm gathering is Liberty Church really wants banter. Okay. That's what I. That's what I think they're trying to communicate. So when we don't get questions, we up the banter. That should and if be. you don't want banter, you better start asking questions. Is that exactly. what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Like you don't mean it as a threat, but it's a little bit of a threat. An encouragement. It's an encouragement. Yeah. It's a warning. Yeah. It's a warning to people. If you don't want banter, if you don't want Matt and Steve to just keep talking over and over in this yeah. bantering fashion, ask a question or two. I mean, Matt is right outside the door right now. He's ready to go. Working. He's, He's ready. ready to go. Always ready to banter. Uh-huh. Well, we didn't have any questions, so we'll see. I don't know. We might not banter. Maybe we will. How about we just skip right over that? Go to your summary. Give us the ninety-second summary of your your uh, your sermon from yesterday. Sounds good. Uh, so we started off, like Steve said, First John five one through five, really focusing in here on the victory of Jesus and the victory that we share in. Uh, so we start off with this idea that John starts off chapter five with with that we are children of God, and he really is extending his argument from chapter four and even chapter two and three. This is a, a big theme he has. And then using that identity to inform two more things about us and how we should act as believers. The first is that we should keep the commands of God. And then he goes on to say that the commands of God are not burdensome. And so we spent a lot of time working this idea that the commands of God are not burdensome because when you hear that, I think it's a natural response to think, well, they feel very heavy at times. So working through that, taking a look at at Jesus and talking about how his yoke is light and his burden is easy. I think I those two things backwards. Anyway, um, and so work through those ideas to show that the, the commands of God are good, and they mm-hmm. lead to our, our peace, they lead to rest, they lead to a life of purpose. And so that's how John can say they're not burdensome. Yeah. And then from there, we talked about how we are children of God and keep the commands of God only because we share in the victory of God. And looked at John's big statement here that we overcome the world because Jesus overcome the world. Uh, so we kind of parse that out, talking about how the freedom and the the victory we have in Jesus does uh, lead to our forgiveness. Like on the cross of Christ, our sins have been atoned for. We are now made right before God. But not only that, the victory we have in Jesus kind of also frees us from this life of sin. Yep. Uh, it frees us from 
we know as Christians that there are, are dark forces in the world. So kind of it frees us from being um, kind of slave to those powers, as as Paul says in Ephesians and Colossians. And uh, now we are we, we are children of God. And so the what we really looked at here is this victory of Christ is so big, um, and realizing and working through ways that we might under-realize that victory and not fully understand and fully look at uh, its comprehensiveness in our life. Yeah. And so that's where we landed. That's kind of the the elevator pitch of the sermon. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Well, well, well uh, presented. Um, appreciate the message. And we did not have questions come in, but you do have questions that you'd form for our Bible study groups. And again, so Bible studies, if this is a helpful resource, just kind of prompt and steer some of the conversation you had. Um, you had asked our groups to consider uh, if they find the commands of God to be burdensome, uh, maybe one or two commands that they would find particularly burdensome. Yeah. But then you asked, why do you think that is? Anthony, why do you think it is that we would find God's commands burdensome? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think there's a, a... Now, wait a second. It was your question. Your question for our Bible study groups mm-hmm. that I just restated back to you. And your first response was, that's a great question. Are you complimenting yourself? You know, Steve, I think I had a little bit of a slip there, didn't I? <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding with you. Okay. I have been humbled. <laughs> well, okay. This is a moment. You see, speaking truth and love to one another, guys. <laughs> that that's sounds, what this is all about. That sounds like a question I asked. That's <laughs> a great question. You never thought about that, Steve. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So why do you think, let's go back to it. Why do you think, why do you think that any of us would find God's commands burdensome? I think at the end of the day, and there can be multiple reasons for this and pending um, different people's different sin struggles and things they wrestle with. But one, I think a core thing here is we don't believe that God is good. Mm. We don't believe his commands are good. Because there are many things he calls us to do that just don't always feel right in the moment. Or we look at them on their face and we say, man, this doesn't, If I think if I act in this way, this doesn't actually lead to my happiness. Mm. And so like the, I can think of a ton of examples. Um, One is like the Bible calls us not to be selfish and to look out for the interests of others more than ourselves, right? That's straight out of Philippians. It's hard to live in the world like that. It's hard to live like that and actually we, we look at our jobs, we look at our friends, we think, man, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to ascend this corporate ladder. I'm not going to uh, do these things if I'm looking out for the interests of others more than myself. Mm-hmm. But we're called to in Scripture to have the mind of Christ that he has in laying down himself for others. Yeah. And we're called to do that. But it can seem like it doesn't fit yeah. the culture that we live in, which it shouldn't. Like We are aliens in this world. Um, so I think that's the thing I've been thinking through a lot, um, my own personal life, how that looks, but there can be a ton, there can be a ton of ways that we don't think that what God has called us to do is good and leads to our flourishing and leads to a life that's glorifying to him. And that means something we can think they're just kind of shackles that are going to weigh us down and keep us from happiness. Yeah. Yeah. It's well put. I think, I think you're right that oftentimes we don't. Those are big categories, but I think they are kind of the main categories. We don't think that either the commands are good or that they're good for us mm-hmm. or that they're really going to be for our good in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and I know for myself, I can think about, you know, times where it's, it, it, I can function sometimes, not functioning as an atheist, as if I believe God's commands, but I don't really act on them, but functioning sometimes as like, uh, like I'm bartering, you know, yeah. almost with God sometimes. Well... I don't know. This it feels like this is a moment where this one doesn't have to apply as strongly as it did yesterday, yeah. and you know I can probably just you know get through get through today without following that one, and we'll figure it out tomorrow. And mm-hmm. um, we're, you know I can fail. 
I think I can see myself in my life. Um, it is, it is, I think there are probably other reasons. I'd love to have other people kind of provide thoughts, reach out to us, provide your thoughts where, where this, it's a struggle for you. For me, it's not always trusting that God's goodness, God's commands are good for me. Yeah. You know, um, and wondering and questioning if, uh, I need those commands right now. And, and, and oftentimes, or if I'm, if I'm in sin, it's, well, no, it's, I think I have a better, I have a better impression or decision yeah. or perspective right now than what God is asking me to do. Not trusting that the obedience is also producing fruit. Like obedience allows for the flourishing of joy in God's commands, mm-hmm. but it also like creates more fruit. You know, obedience is itself a good thing. Yeah. Um, that leads to more flourishing. So, um, yeah, I, I think that is, there, there's, but I, it'd be good for your Bible study groups to talk more about that. What commands do you find burdensome and, and why? Why? Not just what they are, but why. You had another question for Bible study groups. I want to talk through this one too, just just briefly. You know, what you asked, what does it mean to overcome the world? How do we share in this victory of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Where do you find yourself under-realizing the victory? Yeah. And so give us like an impression of why that's a good question for our groups to, to go through. Yeah, so um, the victory of Jesus is a huge category. And like we I talked about in my sermon and earlier in my intro, it, it's multifaceted, right? So it, it is our victory in that we are no longer um, enemies of God. We are his children. Yeah. And it's that we have been rescued from these dark forces that rule the world. Not rule the world, but that, that exercise power and dominion here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we're no longer a slave to that. We no longer have to walk in their path. So how do we then live in this victory? And I think it's a good question because I think we can so um, wrestle with feeling slave to sin mm-hmm. or feeling as though we don't have this victory, that the, the battle's still still waging. Yep. But Jesus has proclaimed that victory, trampled over, triumphed over these forces, triumphed over sin, triumphed over death. Yep. So to live in light of that victory... And to really wrestle through what that means. And I think in no way will we arrive at like a, I fully realize this, I get it, the light turned on, I'm just going to live perfectly forever. It will always be, try- a Christian life is one of trying to understand the fullness and the richness and victory of Jesus and living in light of that. Yeah. Like that is some of the Christian life. Um, and I kind of, I, I listed two ways yesterday that we can under-realize this victory. The one would be, we live as though our sin defines us. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I've wrestled with this, and I've talked to a lot of people who have just, you, you think of the worst things you've done, or the sins that you're wrestling with, or the mistakes you made, or the dumb things you've said, and you're like, this is who I, this is me. Mm-hmm. And the gospel exchanges that, that identity for one as a children of God. One that has been freed from those sins. One of those sins don't define them. Yep. But instead, our core identity is the children of God. And so... Living in light of the victory of Jesus there is not letting those sins just weigh you down to the point where you're just crippling yourself. Yeah. And two, um, we let, uh, the other thing was I say, we, we, we let sin rule. And this is a huge, huge, huge topic that we try to hit in like a paragraph or two. Um, but the idea here is that as children of God, we live as his hands and feet in the world, as mm-hmm. his church. And a part of that is to push back the darkness, as Christ does, who pierces the darkness with his light. As we see darkness around us, we push against that, knowing that Jesus has proclaimed victory there. Yeah. Uh, and then again, this is multifaceted and huge and, and a big discussion. And so I think we can have a tendency 
to see darkness and 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 pull back, yeah. or to re- kind of um, kind of harbor ourselves away, like storm shelter kind of thing. Yeah. But I think the gospel and, and the scriptures call us to go to the darkness to shine the light of Christ in there, and that looks different for a lot of different people. And I list some examples yesterday, and this is everything from like, you know. Um, all of our, our, our mercy initiatives, I think that we're running is a way to push back the darkness. Yep. All of our mercy partners to new hope, to peace promise, um, caring for the fatherlessness and foster care and vulnerable children. Um, even CPAC, all these things are ways that we do that, but also sharing the gospel with your neighbor, yep. praying for your neighbor, yeah. loving and leading your families. Well, yeah. like all these things are ways that we proclaim this victory and push back the darkness, but in a way that we are proclaiming that victory of Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's other ways too. Can you think of more ways you think that maybe you or other, or you've seen people under realize this victory? Uh, I mean, a list that you're, it's a good list that you're, that you're sharing. Um, yeah. I think that there's a, a general, when there's a general, I think hopelessness yeah. um, that people can, that I and others, uh, I'm sure I will, I'll speak for myself. Like when, if I can wrestle with just hopelessness at times, just mm. wondering, you know, seeing there, there's, if, it feels a little bit of um, maybe maybe counterintuitive, or uh, you're wrestling with this. The spirit and the flesh are, are wrestling with each other a little bit. How Paul talks about in Romans, where he, you know, he's, this battle against sin uh, feels like it's like what I want to do, I don't do; what I don't want to do, I do do. It's like and so. There's a little bit of that in my comment here, where I can have a complete belief in God's sovereignty. Yeah, um, can be eagerly anticipating God moving and working. And still sit with a lot of hopelessness, uh, looking yeah. around at the world and going, well, I don't think God does God care about that because look at look at the evil that's that's happening there. Look where people are taking advantage of. Look at where death is occurring. Look at where yeah. sadness is just mm-hmm. uh, rampant. Um, look at where anger and strife is just present in, in a culture, in a neighborhood, or in a, in a person, and uh, and just feel really hopeless from that. Yeah. Um, and so there's something there that feels like a you know under realizing. Uh, this victory that that God has, in that He's bringing all of these things to restoration, and yeah. it's like instead of hoping enough in that, not not then uh, looking at these things as if they're not real, mm-hmm. not pretending as if the grief and the suffering and pain isn't a real thing, yeah, but also just like eagerly hoping, and and the hope I think leading to a pleading with God um, in prayer, a pleading with God that He would intervene. In ways that we need to see or want to see, yeah. um, it's this belief that God really can and does actually still move in this world in a way that we would call miraculous. Mm. Um, so that's where I can find myself under realizing the victory of Christ is, is just falling into patterns of hopelessness that um, just kind of becomes uh, I don't know if it's indifferent or apathetic, but just kind of um, overly. Um, kind of an overplay of God's sovereignty without enough of a belief that his sovereignty leads him to still move yeah. in ways that would, would, would cause me to astound. Yeah. That's a good point. It feels like we're not moving the needle on any of it sometimes. Yeah. I can feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word. Like how much are we in prayer interceding mm-hmm. for these areas of darkness we see? And if we're not, that's yeah, if we're not, good. what is that? What does that mean? Right. It's like, so the person, you know, if we're not willing to share the gospel with those that we come across who need to hear it, certainly even if, if we're not sharing it in opportunities that we're presented, that are given to us to share it, well, does that really, what does that really say about our own uh, love for the gospel itself? Yeah. You know, do we see enough of our need for the gospel 
if when given opportunities to share, we don't, ah, maybe, you know, there could be other reasons too, but one of those reasons very fairly could be like, well, no, sometimes we don't have enough appreciation and humility in the gospel message for ourselves. That's what keeps us from sharing it with others. Yeah. Because if any one of us has such a great appreciation for the gospel, you'd think we'd be eager to share it with others whenever we could. Yeah. And the reality is we don't. And so we have to like get into those moments and think, well, why is that? Why is that? Well, I wouldn't. And just um, if we believe in, in, in God's victory through Christ over sin and death and the work of the spirit in our lives, we should be eager then to to have hope and yeah. to kind of to, to cry out in prayer, to share the good news with people and to declare victory over sin in their lives, too, that Christ has done that for them as well. Yeah. Right. We're not the ones declaring themselves free from sin but we're saying we know the one who can and will and wants to right declare you free from sin and suffering yeah yeah and i always love to think and try to remember the the earliest audience would have read these words of john and who he had in mind he was writing to and it's in the early church that's wrestling with a lot of false teaching under persecution yeah and it's these people that he's saying jesus has overcome the world and you share in that like how powerful is that yeah yeah that's great these were good questions, Anthony. Thanks for sharing them for, for our Bible study groups. Thanks for preaching yesterday. Any final words, thoughts for our groups as we would go into Bible studies this week and look forward to continuing the series next week? I would say, so one thing I didn't get to talk about a lot because we were short on time and I wanted to keep no one from their Mother's Day plans. True. You know? Right. Don't um, don't upset the mothers on Mother's Day. Mothers. No. Um, was this idea of over-realizing over the victory of Jesus. Okay. And if that's a thing, and if we do, how do we do it? Uh, and so kind of this on the cutting board of the sermon, but one thing I was thinking about was maybe a temptation to over-realize the victory of Jesus. When we start to view the victory of Jesus, we view the cross, we view his justification and salvation of us and his power as a means to kind of get what we want. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I was, this is a... As I was thinking through the sermon, I read a looking at press conference of my favorite NFL team. And the GM was talking about how him and the other coaches were like deep in prayer over the type of contract to give a player. Okay. And I was like... Who's your favorite NFL team? Oh, I'm a big Ravens fan. Ravens. I thought you were. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yep. So okay. any Ravens fans out there, you welcome to my house to watch a game. Okay. Be a good time. Okay. Let me know. Sure. Um, but I was like, I was thinking about that and I was like... <laughs> This might be a really good example of, and I've done it a ton of times too, of ways that we're thinking the power of Jesus is for me to get what I want. Yeah, sure. sure. There was an old, uh, there was a wrestling coach I knew many years ago um, who told me a story. He had a, a, a recruit, top recruit that he wanted to come wrestle for him, call him and say, coach, I've just been praying to God and he doesn't, I don't think he wants me to come to Messiah. This was Messiah yeah. years, years ago. And, uh, and the coach just reminded and said, well, I've been praying to God. He told me that he does want you to come. Right. It's kind of, yeah. And it was a little bit because like he kind of meant it as a joke. Cause it's a little bit of this like, oh yeah, well, if you're praying to God yeah. to get what you want, I'm praying to God to get what I want too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's a line of like, we want to ask for wisdom. And as you're going about your, your different vocations, like ask for wisdom. For yes, God, of course. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But are we viewing Jesus and the cross as a way to just accomplish our own efforts? Or our own, our own desires. Yeah, and not measuring them against what Scripture is calling us to. Yeah, and there's a fine line there for sure. There's a lot of discernment needed. Yeah, right. Um, and even uh, we read we read in the New Testament that we don't receive because we don't ask. And so uh, maybe any one of us can be prone to to not be asking enough for in prayer. But this over realization 
um, of the victory of Christ is, uh, you know, it's like every time we have a toothache, it doesn't mean we need to like, you know, get on our hands and knees and pray that it's like, sometimes we just, we have to, uh, let life be what it is a little bit, not feel like God had, like we really are going to have victory over every experience right. of being human. Right. Uh, maybe not declaring, maybe it's not declaring a victory over Christ when you're stopped at a red light and you're running late for a meeting. It's like, well, you could have just left earlier for that meeting. Yeah. This has nothing to do with, with like Satan battling against you. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We certainly can overplay that victory and turn God into, um, you know, a little bit of a, a machine, you yep. know, where it's like, we just, we, we input, we input a declaration of victory. We get the output of right. something that makes us feel good right. or experience a bit more joy in a way that probably isn't aligned with, with faithfulness. Well, maybe even if it is aligned with faithfulness, we don't want to just see God as uh you know as that that vending machine that just right. always can get give us the output we're looking for. Oftentimes, the best things that God gives us, are things that we don't we don't appreciate till we look back on them. Right. We don't we don't we don't need to always appreciate it as it's coming to us. Mm-hmm. We can oftentimes look back on those things and see God moving and working. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, well that's a, that's a good question for us to maybe lean into Bible studies too. Where do you find yourself? Over realizing the victory of Christ. Yeah. I think is the question you're asking there. It's a good uh, B side, B side question. Okay. What is the B side, B side? So it wasn't on the original question list. So okay. It's like a B side question. Got it. But you got it from B sides. I see. So it's a B side, B side question. Okay. You're, it's like blowing my mind there a little bit. It's like inception. I know. How, how, how much, how, how low can we, how many Before levels can deep, we go? how many levels deep can we go? Anthony, thanks for preaching yesterday. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, Bible study groups, um, have a great week. Always be sure to send questions in. Actually, I have a little little note. Next week, we're recording the B-side right after the Sunday service. So if you have questions next week, um, send them in via email or text after the service. We have actually gotten questions during the sermon before. Um, by by timestamp, I can tell when they come in. I'm like, well, that was right during the middle of the sermon. So if you do have a question that's like burning your mind, take a note down, send it right away. Or send it right as you're thinking of it, because we are recording next week's B-Side right after the Sunday service. Yes, get him in hot. Get him in hot. Okay. Hey, everyone, enjoy the rest of the week. We will see you next week for worship. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.